This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. This Mike's name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, how does one recover from something like that? I think Chris Rock did quite well, actually. PR officials uh, got involved finally uh, yesterday, and uh, I think mostly basically told each of their clients to make a statement. Chris Rock's statement regarding uh, the uh, Oscars. As a comedian, it can be difficult to understand which lines are to be crossed and which ones aren't. Last night I crossed a line I shouldn't have and paid the enormous price of my reputation as a renowned comedian. Comedy is never about poking fun at making light of people with major ordeals happening in their lives. Comedy is about using real-life circumstances to create laughter and bring light to an otherwise dark world. With that said, I sincerely apologize to my friend Jada Pinkett-Smith, Will Smith and the rest of the Smith family for the disrespect and disregard I displayed, which was unfortunately broadcast for the world to see. I hope that with time, forgiveness can come of this situation and we can all be better, more considerate people in the end, unquote. He does something I didn't do at all. What's that? Blame him. (laughs) Uh, Will Smith uh, also publicly apologized to Chris Rock yesterday. Uh, this is his statement. My belief at last night's Academy Awards, or my uh, behavior, rather, at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line. I was wrong. I'm embarrassed by my actions. We're not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for the violence in the world and love and kindness. I'd also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the family uh, and my King Richard family. I deeply regret my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. <laughs> there, uh, <sighs> let's see. Um, there were women's groups that came out yesterday and said. Uh, that his speech when he was actually receiving the Oscar a little bit later and kind of doing some mea culpas and whatnot, uh, they said that's a little, a little dangerous when somebody explains that the violence uh, was uh, a result of them just really loving, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as, as much as possible. Uh, they said when, when people start explaining that to you, that's, that's when it, it's time to get out of there. When they say, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hurt you like this if I didn't love you so much. And that, that's kind of the, one of the points that I made yesterday, because if you want to put this in, in other contexts, you know, because there were people rushing and said, hey, if somebody did this to my wife, if somebody made a joke at my wife's expense, I would have done the same thing. And the flip side of that is, to put it in, in, in context then, if you think violence is okay, what if Amy Schumer, who is a stand-up comedian, had done the same joke, and Will Smith had gone up and hit her in the face? You're perfectly fine with abusing a woman? And violence against a woman, because if you aren't, then you shouldn't be fine with him doing the same thing to Chris Rock just yeah. because he's a man. I mean, violence is just never the answer. Yeah. 
by the way. Um, well, and, and there, was, were, there were comedians who were, uh, you know, guys who make their living through stand-up comedy and club owners and things that were tweeting that uh, th- this is uh, not a good trend to start. Yeah. Because this would indicate that if 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 any comedian on stage says something you don't like, that hey, it's just it's open, open slap. It's him. open season. Just go up and hit him in the face. Now he he used if you remember his acceptance speech, you know he talked about Richard Williams, who he played in the movie and he won the award for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that he was a fierce protector of his family. Well, Richard Williams came out and said, uh, violence is never the answer. Um, Did not support what Will Smith did in any way, shape, or form. You think the average guy out there isn't a fierce protector of his family? Yeah, I I would think so. A lot of them get it done without necessarily punching anyone. By the way, uh, and this is just days before the Oxford, just to add another layer to this, um, Jada, just days before the Oscars, said she doesn't care what people think about her hair. I don't give two craps what people feel about this bald head of mine, because guess what? I love it. She said that on uh, the Maury Povich show. So uh, apparently she does give two craps about it. But Mm -hmm. I mean, if you and I don't know if Chris Rock had seen that, but if if you had, you know, deemed, hey, that was okay because she's perfectly fine with it, then, you know, I bet Chris Rock doesn't watch Maury Povich, but that's just, you know, I, I guess my idealizing somebody now uh, to go ahead and further prove that there's no such bad thing as publicity and then we'll put this thing to bed chris rock uh yesterday sold more tickets for his stand-up show yesterday alone than he had sold in the previous three months combined that's pretty good <laughs> so he's still out touring then yeah he's 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 a stand-up comedy uh comic he he tours um i i'm not quite sure um, exactly where he was turning. I, I, I had seen that he had stops in Oakland and San Francisco area. Um, I don't know where his tour is going to be taking him, but it, I found it interesting that in one day he sold more tickets based on what happened at the Oscars than he had the entire three mm-hmm. months before what happened even, yesterday. I didn't even know he was still touring simply because his acting career ha- has been so good over the past few years that I figured you know he just uh, didn't tour. He kept time open for uh, acting roles. Yeah. But I guess I'm wrong about that. Well, and you, a lot of times you get those stand-up, you know, comedy guys. They, they don't, they don't do huge tours, you know, like they did. But yeah. I mean, Adam Sandler, for instance. I mean, here's a guy making more money than anybody else in the acting business, nearly for a while. Yeah, and he still does stand-up comedy. You know, probably because they they like it. That's how they came up. Mm-hmm. That 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 would be my I guess. Think, and, I think, it, I and think you could make some pretty good money at it. I think in that movie, Funny People, he was playing himself, pretty much. All right, there. That should put that to an to an end now. Can I think we can be over it? I think we can be done. <laughs> Move on. We'll see now today yes, if social media has calmed down a little bit because that was every other every other post on social media yesterday. It's pretty like James, much about that. James Corden last night was funny. He says, uh, "So uh, at the Oscars uh, last night, uh, uh, Coda won Best Picture, and I guess that's what everybody's talking about today." <laughs> I did have one more thing to say, because it is kind of funny. Um, David Letterman (laughs) hosted the um, Oscars back in 1995, had this to say yesterday. All I can say, and say what you will, read what you will, think what you will about my performance the night I hosted the Academy Awards, but, and here's my point, no one got hit. (laughs) No one was hit. 
that night that I hosted. That's all I have to say. Hard, hard to argue with that. God yeah. bless America. He was. God bless the Academy Awards. <laughs> he was roundly criticized in 1995 that he was not one of the good hosts people didn't like because he he made fun of people too. You know. Um, Remember that thing, Uma? Oh, yeah. Oprah. Oprah. Have you Uma. met Keanu? <laughs> <laughs> but he's right. Nobody got punched. That's true. <sighs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You want to get through, you can do that. There's more stuff to talk about today. Governor Brad Little vetoed a bill yesterday. We'll talk more about that. Coming up right now, it's time for a check on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. In Meridian, soon to be a second location, opening up on April the 15th. That will be uh, out near Gowan Field at the Albertson Shopping Center. You'll soon have two locations to get delicious food every single day. But if you want it today, remember, Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian, just off Wells Avenue, is open at 1030. Good morning. Going to talk a little football today. Kakoa Kaniho was a multi-year starter at Nickel for the Bronco defense. And finding a new starter this spring is absolutely key for Boise State. Boise State football resumed spring practice yesterday. The safety pair of Tyreek Jones and J.L. Skinner may be both the most experienced as well as talented position group on the team. But the nickel that works in tandem with the safety is going to be new. Coach Kane Ione talked about the two spots. The safety set everything from the back end as far as what's going on. But that nickel is such a vital piece to whether it's a disguise, whether it's just communication with the backers, the run fits, that position is, is vitally important to what we're doing from a schematic standpoint. Shale Adipo and Zion Washington are two players competing for the nickel spot. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And there'll be much more on football coming up through the next week or so as we get set for the spring football game coming up for Boise State on April 9th. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Uh, the Hometown Handshake is back this Friday uh, at this time. We'll be broadcasting live from Blue Bench Brunchette, Roosevelt and Over, right across the street from Hillcrest Country Club. And you're invited to uh, join us. Breakfast will be served beginning at 7 o'clock. This is uh, one of the newest breakfast spots in the entire Treasure Valley. Opened up just uh, a few weeks ago. Technically a brunch spot, but yeah, breakfast too. You can enjoy breakfast classics, coffee, and more this Friday morning between 7 and 10 a.m. Hometown Handshake, as usual, is brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Chris and I will be out there broadcasting live and shaking your hand if you want. Now, we won't make you shake hands if you're one of those people. If you're one of those people. <laughs> but we'll do fist bumps. We'll, we'll wave across the room if you would like, or just give you yeah, a, that's true. A, a, a nod and a smile. Whatever you want, but it is the hometown handshake. We'll, we'll even speak to you through the radio if you want. Uh, and I promise when we speak to you, we'll uh, speak to you with empty mouths. I can't promise that. <laughs> Come to think of it, neither can you. Sure I can. I, I, my, mo- my mama raised me right. To don't talk with your mouth full. I promise that I won't do it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll empty my mouth before I speak with you. <laughs> Uh, other things we're talking about uh, this morning, Idaho Governor Brad Little yesterday vetoed a bill backed by the Senate uh, that would block most private businesses from requiring COVID-19 vaccines for one year. He blocked that? Blocked it. So he's apparently 
gone with the idea that if you run a business, you should be able to run it at, at least as much as possible the way you want to. Yes. Okay. He is for uh, less government overreach. It'll be interesting to see now if uh, this can veto can be overridden. Senate would need to secure 24 votes if all members are present. The House would need 47 votes when the bills passed the legislature. 24 senators and 45 House members supported it. So to uh, surpass the veto, they would have to keep all the votes that they had in the uh, Senate, and mm-hmm. they would need to add uh, a couple more votes in the House to override the veto. So it'll be interesting to watch Thursday. Um, this is specifically why the uh, legislature did not sign a die last Friday. They wanted to wait five days, which would be Thursday, in case there were any vetoes. Um, there was also another veto. Change to property taxes for self-storage businesses was uh, vetoed. Legislation that sought to amend the way property taxes are calculated for self-storage businesses. It's been vetoed by Governor Brad Little. said, I recognize there may be a problem with property tax assessments for self-storage facilities, but I am reluctant to perform surgery on a wound that may only require a Band-Aid, unquote. Um, What what are they being charged for that everybody else isn't? Um, I'm not quite sure exactly, other than the fact the way they, they were going to assess them is going to be different than other businesses so you you would basically have to assess them at a different rate different level somehow differently than all other businesses would be assessed are all storage places self-storage because i have yet to see a sign that says you know bring us all the stuff from your garage and we will carefully uh arrange it for you in a space i don't believe i've never seen any place that isn't a self-storage yeah, neither of my uh, business so those are our two um vetoes that the legislature will be looking at uh by the way senator chuck winder was on with nate shellman yesterday coming up after the top of the hour we'll hear what he has to say uh specifically about the covid vaccine mandate by the way it is it is temporary it does have a sunset of one year april 15th next year it would just go away so it is just one year it is temporary um so we'll get the thoughts like i said chuck winder appeared with nate shellman on his show yesterday we'll hear from him just after the top of the hour. A, I think it would be fun to uh, have a bill passed that says uh, y- you can't mandate any of this stuff unless there's a pandemic. <laughs> In other words, you, you can't do it for no reason at all. Yeah. I, I, man, I, I feel differently about this in two ways. And part of the reason that I feel differently is because I definitely wouldn't want the legislature mandate that I have to have a shot. So why would I want the legislature mandating that I don't have to have a shot? I just don't. I just don't want mandates at all. Why we just don't like them, do we? Yeah, I, I just. I, I no don't matter what you people do, we're going to complain about it in man, some way. Yeah, mandating one way or the other. I mean, I've been critical of Washington and Oregon for mandating that everybody had to have a shot. I was critical of Biden for mandating that everybody had to have a shot. I'm going to be critical of mandating that you don't have to have a sh- you can't enforce a shot did, in your did, own did, private did, business. Did Biden technically mandate that everybody had to have a shot? Well, he mandated that OSHA mandate that everybody with employees over 100 people had to okay. have a shot, and then that was, of course, shot down by courts. But again, that's a subset of people. Yeah, uh, and like I said, I was highly critical of that. So, mm-hmm. just for the basically the same reason. KBY News Time, 626. Your thoughts if you want to weigh in. Phone lines are open. You can also email us, Chris at KBY.com and Mike at KBY.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBY.
634, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for tuning in this morning, being a part of the show. Remember, you can always be a more part of the show. A more, a more part? More, more of a part of the show. Okay. By uh, calling us up, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. And don't forget, day number two of the 25K payday. The KBY 25K payday is back once again. We had a whole bunch of $100 winners yesterday and beginning at 8 o'clock this morning until 5 o'clock this afternoon at the top of every hour, you will have another chance to get yourself $100 instantly and be into the grand prize drawing for $25,000 in cash, which will happen on May 2nd. What, what, what would you do, assuming that you had to use it right away, what would you do with a free 25000 bucks? Probably put a down payment on a new car. Not a bad idea. Couldn't buy a new car for twenty five thousand right now, but you can you can put I could, a, I could uh, put a quarter. Yeah. I could put twenty five percent down. <laughs> I think you could for most of the most of the vehicles out there. You can put fifty percent down. I don't know, man. I saw a, a Jeep Cher- Grand Cherokee the other day, brand mm-hmm. new, yeah. that was being advertised for a hundred and five thousand dollars. A Jeep, a Jeep Cherokee, a Jeep Grand Cherokee for a hundred and five thousand dollars. They should call it a, a Jeep 105 Grand Cherokee. Wow. Cherokee. I guess it's Cherokee. I mean, I've never owned a Jeep. Jeeps may be great, but $105,000 just seems like a lot to me. Do you remember a time many moons ago when both of us worked at the same station and uh, everybody in management had a, a lease on a Jeep a Cherokee? wonder what that why that was. I think they just found a good deal. Oh, I thought maybe they had a trade. No, but, well, it, and that's what I'm saying. That's probably what the good deal. We, what, but we had two general managers, free. two general managers in a row, and I think three sales managers, and they all had Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, I'm wondering if it might have been free so, for them. Early '90s. Yeah. Um, so be listening in eight o'clock. That'll be your first keyword this morning once again. And when you hear that keyword, all you have to do is uh, text whatever word that is. To 95819. Don't text us to our text line. This is a separate text line number. So you set your phone, 95819. That's the text number. And then uh, be ready every hour, middle of news, at the top of every hour between 8 and 5. You have a chance to win $100 cash instantly and get in on that grand prize drawing for $25,000. Once again, that grand prize drawing will be happening, happening on May the 2nd. Get your own fourth of a car. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yes, it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for uh, listening. Much appreciated. No matter what you're listening on, whether it be 93.1 FM, 670 AM, maybe you're listening on Alexa or Google Play. Maybe the iHeart radio app. Or you're listening maybe, online uh, at KBOI.com. Maybe you have one of those old-fashioned uh, electric things that you plug in that has dials and stuff. Whatever you're listening, thank you for doing so. Remember, our phone lines are always open at 208-336-3700. If you'd like to uh, comment on what we are talking about, please feel free. You can also email us, text us, same as our main number. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. Good news, stock market uh, rallied yesterday. It was down uh, over 120 points when we got done with the show yesterday, but the uh, stocks across the board jumped yesterday in optimism for Ukraine-Russia talks of maybe a ceasefire ceasefire or a peace treaty. Um, The futures continue to be up this morning. They're up 261 points on the Dow as of right now. We'll be checking in with Jeremiah Bates 
on the way here in about 40 minutes. Not everything uh, all peachy and, and rosy, though. Um, apparently a recession warning sign. Uh, part of uh, U.S. yield curve has inverted for the first time since 2006, signaling possibility of a recession hitting the United States wow. economy. Look there, that thing goes over my head. I was just going to say, that's the reason why we have Jeremiah Bates, because I want to know what the hell that absolutely means. Yeah. What does it every, mean every part morning. of the U.S. yield curve inverts for the first time? Pretty much. Uh, how does that mean that we're having a, a recession possibly yeah, coming? Pretty much every morning. Uh, I read a business headline, and then I just ask Jeremiah, now what does that mean? <laughs> um, he'll, he'll talk about this, um, because uh, I, I think we all remember, if you were around and taking part in the economy back in uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, you know, when the uh, recession did finally hit, it was almost like a spigot being turned off. And that was caused uh, a lot by uh, the uh, fraud going on in the housing market mortgage banking um and the uh banks all that was mm-hmm. going on that that recession well, was caused caused it, by that it's but, a good thing those guys went to prison for life huh yeah no kidding i don't think one person um maybe maybe one what's what was the movie based on that uh, steve carell was in it oh the the big um, short christian bale big short if you've never seen the big short it, it, it's all about well, that it, it would plus, make you uh, it will make you mad or or watch the documentary. I think it was a documentary, Too Big to Fail, or maybe it There's was a movie. There's another one, yeah. Uh, anyway. Too Big to Fail was a movie, Yeah, too. it was yeah. a movie, yeah. yeah. It um, seemed like a documentary, because you learned so much. Very upsetting that so many people saw what was happening, and uh, everybody kept doing what was going on, even though they knew the eventuality of what was going to happen. Um, I mean, just flat out That fraud. was the one where Matthew Modine uh, is, is playing the CEO of, of one of the banks, and he asks... Uh, if we get bailed out by the government, can we CEOs still collect our bonuses? <laughs> I thought, now that's chutzpah. And if you remember, I think they did, didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. they were allowed to. Yeah. It's like, all right, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resign, but I'm going to resign with my um, $50 million parachute, golden parachute. KBOI Newstime, 645. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. Uh, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in uh, Meridian. Speaking of a golden parachute, it's a golden delicious parachute. Not the same as cash, but uh, my gosh, it's going to make you feel good. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli for lunch. They're open Monday through Saturday, beginning at 1030 for some of the best food you're going to buy. You know why? It's some of the best, uh, and you can be really knowledgeable in the fact that you're going to get great food. It is rated the number one deli in the entire state of Idaho. Get in today for lunch. Find out why. We'll talk about a great basketball game that was played last night. The UConn women's basketball team extended its streak of consecutive Final Four appearances to 14 last night as the number two seed Huskies defeated number one seed NC State 91 to 87 in double overtime in a game that is certain to be an instant classic. It was the first double overtime game in the Elite Eight or later in the history of the NCAA women's basketball tournament. And the game did feature nine ties and 13 lead changes by the time the final buzzer went off. The Huskies will now have to face the number one seed, Stanford, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday at the Target Center in Minneapolis. But talk about an excellent basketball game. Switching gears to the NFL, we've learned all 32 NFL teams will now have to hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season part of a series of policy enhancements announced by the NFL on Monday. 
The coach can be a female or racial minority, according to a policy adopted by the NFL owners during their annual meeting, and will be paid from a league-wide fund. That coach must work closely with the head coach and the offensive staff with the goal of increasing minority participation in a pool of offensive coaches that eventually produces the most sought-after candidates to be head coaches in the NFL. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.56, 6.56, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. As mentioned a little bit earlier, a veto by Governor Brad Little yesterday, a ban on COVID vaccine mandates. Um, this is basically why the uh, legislature did not end their session officially, even though they pretty much ended the session last Friday, late last Friday, but they wanted to stay there for five days in case there were vetoes that they needed to come back for which they will be doing on Thursday, coming up here after top of the hour. Once again, uh, Nate Shulman yesterday had talked to uh, Senate Pro Tem Chuck Winder, uh, also co-sponsor of uh, the uh, bill, uh, about possibility of overriding the uh, veto. We'll hear uh, from Chuck Winder and his thoughts on that coming up here uh, just about 10 minutes from right now. Okay. That uh, vote would be happening, though, on uh, yeah, coming Chuck, up on Thursday. So we've got a couple days yet. Chuck, we talked to uh, last Friday, and he was the, the fourth legislator we had talked to in two days. And the other three had said, yeah, it looks like we'll be signing dying on Friday. And Chuck said, I don't no. think so. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go quite as fast as you think of it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, kudos to, for them for trying, because that was the day that they, you know, all during the session and, and during the legislative sessions, we hear at News Talk KBOI, uh, every Thursday and Friday, we talked to, um, the house on Thursday and the Senate on Friday and the entire time they all said, Hey, we're aiming for the 25th mm-hmm. and this is an election year. So of course, you know, not only do you have people who don't do this, nobody does this as a full-time job. Everybody else has their real jobs so that they want to get back to that they take time off for. You know, um, Scott Bedke, for example, a, a rancher and a farmer, and it's time for spring farming. You don't want to be sitting here mm-hmm. like you were last year going, hey, I got stuff I got to get in the ground and plant and, and not get that remember, done. Remember back when I used to farm a few months ago? I'd like to do that again. Yeah. Coming up this morning also, uh, we have a uh, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. For the second year in a row, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty is in the uh, Berkshire Elite Circle. What does that mean? They're one of the top Berkshire brokerages in the world. As a matter of fact, number 44 out of over 1,500 offices in the global network that includes three countries and our three continents and 12 countries. So congratulations for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. We have a Deja Brew Laugh a Latte gift certificate to give away coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. If you can answer our questions, start working on it now. What TV show has the most Emmy wins in history? Not the most slaps, the most Emmy wins <laughs> in history. I, I will give you... Um, uh, a hint also has the most Emmy nominations ever at 306. Okay. Yeah, part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. 
Doctor, it seems like whenever we hear friends or family members talking of adding more protein to their diets, it's all about wanting to add muscle or or maybe to replace the excess carbs that some of us consume. But you're suggesting there's another benefit we get from protein that many people might be overlooking. And what, what is that? Oh, yes, it, definitely true. So protein is going to be uh, really helpful for more than just your fitness buffs. And the, and the improvement is actually in your cardiovascular health. New research that, that uh, took into account 12,000 uh, study participants showed that people that get protein from a variety of different sources have a substantially lower chance of experiencing high blood pressure, 66% lower chance. Since beef is what many of us think of first when we talk protein, does this study suggest that different cuts of steak could provide the recommended variety? Well, that would be nice, but unfortunately, uh, that's not the case. Really, to gain optimal benefit, researchers say it's important to include foods from a variety of different sources. So protein that comes from plants like legumes and nuts, as well as fish uh, or low-fat or fat-free dairy products. And if you're going to have meat, even if it's chicken, make sure those those cuts are lean and avoid any processed meats. Those usually have all kinds of things in it that, that are not contributory. So beyond adding more protein from plants to our diets, what else can we do to keep our blood pressure in check? Well, remember, the usual things we always recommend, maintaining a good ideal body weight, lots of exercise so that you're active, reducing the amount of salt that you take in, and consuming alcohol in, in, uh, in a moderate fashion. Remember that if you can avoid hypertension, you're less likely to have heart disease down the road. Our next topic is also something most of us probably don't think much about, the darkness of the room we sleep in. What's the big deal there? Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Well, the problem here is that exposure to even moderate ambient light during your nighttime sleep hours compared to sleeping in a dark or a very dimly lit room actually can also harm your cardiovascular function, and it increases insulin resistance the following morning, which can unfortunately lead to diabetes. What can we do to create a healthier sleeping environment? Well, for one, if you get up in the middle of the night, don't turn the lights on. If you need to have a light, which many older folks do just because of safety, then have a very dim light that's close to the floor and make sure that it's either amber or orange and not that bright white or, or, or blue type light. Um, the other thing is make sure that you're in a room that's you know shaded appropriately so that you're not getting ambient light outside like from you know, street lights or whatever that's coming in and, and, and affecting you. And if you need to move your bed around so that you're not kind of facing the window, that can be helpful too. That is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thank you for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 11 minutes after 7, he is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in this morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. I know Governor Brad Little uh, yesterday vetoed a uh, bill backed by Senate Republicans that would block most private businesses from requiring COVID-19 vaccines for one year. Little, in a uh, veto letter, wrote that the legislation significantly expands government overreach into the private sector. I have been consistent in stating my belief that Businesses should be left to make decisions about management of their operations and employees with limited interference from the uh, government. Senator Chuck Winder was on uh, with Nate Shellman yesterday, 
He is uh, President Pro Tem and also co-sponsor of the uh, the coronavirus pause bill. He explained explained the process of, of what will happen now with the uh, veto. The process that happens, we get a letter uh, vetoing it from the governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the bill back, and then we... Uh, decide as a body uh, whether we're going to accept the veto or whether we're going to try and override it, and that we won't know until Thursday. There's been some, uh, I I, I, I guess the best word I'm going to use with you right now during dinner are shenanigans, uh, or or professional disagreements or political disagreements between the House and Senate. How, how How do the other pieces of legislation in the past possibly play into this bill now? Well, I think, you know, this was one that I worked with Representative Adams on, uh, and uh, Senator Lakey, uh, who's an attorney, helped us draft it. We tried to look at the constitutional requirements that you can't interfere with contract rights of a, of a private business or an individual, and we tried to balance that out while we recognized that uh, health care workers are still under the uh, restrictions or, or requirements of the CMS uh, federal requirements and that they were excluded as well as any employee that had to travel internationally to do their job or mm-hmm. might have to go for food production to another state if that company required uh, vaccination for them to come in and, and be in their facilities then uh, they would still have to be vaccinated but the ordinary person uh, it would basically just put a pause on that for a year. So it does have a uh, sunset clause to the mm-hmm. bill. It would end April 15th if the veto so, is overridden. I guess it's technically experimental then. Yeah, I think you could probably say that. Um, once again, Senator Chick Winder was on with Nate Showman yesterday. He also uh, talked about the uh, possibility of the uh, veto being overridden. You know, I don't know. It's always difficult because there are lots of different, you know, things in play when you start talking about an override and uh, it's uh, two-thirds of the members present so we, it depends on how many show up uh, on Thursday how many will actually need to override normally it would be 24 uh, to hold your uh, majority your mm-hmm. super majority vote so we'll see how it plays out we'll see how far people want to push it um, and uh, see you know whether we can override or not. And that won't be decided until we're all back together on Thursday. I was going to say, uh, and I forgive me for being just a, a little bit of a nerd on this because I'm always fascinated by processes and, and what you are and are not allowed to do. Are you allowed to call 24 members of the Senate individually between now uh, and tomorrow and Wednesday and, and see where they are on this, or do you have to wait until Thursday? No, I don't have to wait. In fact, okay. I've already notified... Oh, probably a half dozen, maybe up to ten already, and so we're working on it. We'll just have to see how it all plays out when we get everybody back together Thursday. Once again, Senator uh, Chuck Winder on with Nate Shellman during his show yesterday. If you want to hear the uh, entire interview, you can go to kboi.com. Click through on the fan page on Facebook if you would uh, like. Once again, you heard that uh, that boat will be coming up here Thursday. We'll find mm-hmm. out uh, about that and another veto. Change on property taxes for self-storage businesses was also vetoed, vetoed by the governor. Of course, we'll keep you updated yeah, we on all that news. We don't completely understand that one, but that's all right. KBY News Time, 7.15. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Uh, get in today. The place to go for lunch. Salad, soup, sandwiches, uh, full meal, and you'll be full when you get done. Find out why Fat Guys Fresh Deli has been rated number one deli in Idaho.
good morning. We're getting set for the spring football game coming up. And even those best of players can get better. And all-conference safety actually is working hard this spring at Boise State to get better. And there's something in particular that he's been looking at. Last season, all-conference safety J.L. Skinner was ejected from two games for targeting. He's back this season, and that's something his safeties coach, Kane Ione, says they've been working on. Again, it's just creating habits. Yeah, that every time that he comes in to make a, a correct form tackle, that he's keeping his helmet out of the situation and, and continues to play with that same physicality and that urgency that he has to get to the football. And so I've just got to do a, good, a really good job of making sure that I'm giving him the drills and giving him opportunities to practice the proper technique to, to make a physical tackle the way he can. Skinner led the Broncos with 92 tackles and was part of seven turnovers, with two interceptions, forcing two fumbles, and recovering three others. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. And it's one of the things we'll be paying attention to when the spring game comes up. By the way, the spring game going to be Saturday, April 9th. I'm time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 722 Jeremiah Bates with us uh, this morning. Uh, Jeremiah saw a uh, recent headline here it says a recession warning sign part of the u.s yield curve inverts for first time since 2006 um can you explain just exactly what the heck that means and why that is so bad and also i mean i have questions does it also mean just because we see that that a recession is coming no no so it's 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 kind of like correlation is not causation now it is a piece of the pie that we've seen historically when we see an inverted yield yield curve that a recession has, in fact, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little horsey today, but a recession has, in fact, come on the heels of that. So an in-yielded uh, yield curve means that short-term interest rates are catching up to long-term uh, long-term bond yields. It's basically a sign that tighter monetary policy is coming and that the bond market is saying, hey, the Federal Reserve might come in too aggressive here. And this, and their aggressiveness to tamper down inflation is likely going to damage economic demand and lead to a recession. So we've had this, we've had this conversation before, um, a few weeks ago that not all recessions are cut the same, right? If you look at, we did actually have a recession when COVID hit. Now it was a very short recession, quick, fast, and some, some recessions are deeper and some recessions are more drawn out. So essentially when we're looking at a recession, it's, are we having back to back quarters? Are we having multiple months of actually economic, um, output that's, that's decelerating? That's actually at a negative. So when we're seeing that inver- inverted yield curve, it's essentially saying, hey, shorter, inter- shorter interest rates are higher than your longer term interest rates, which is kind of crazy. Think of it like a CD, right? You, sh- you would expect to get paid a higher interest rate when you lock up your money for a longer period of time and get paid a lower interest rate when you lock up your money for a shorter period of time. Well, this is when these two things get inversed and Wall Street and, and the bar market look at, looks at this and says, hey, this is an indicator of a possible recession. But it has, is it particularly reliable? Yes. Is that the case this time? Well, the backdrop's different because again, you have a strong U.S. consumer. You do have strong U.S. corporations. You have multiple trillions of dollars still sitting in money market accounts across the U.S. for U.S. consumers. You still have 
unemployment looking particularly good. So the geopolitical conflict that we saw, obviously there's some optimism, some good news that uh, Russia and Ukraine are talking about a ceasefire, and you're seeing Russia de- uh, drastically cut its military activity in Kyiv. So we're seeing some positive there that we're already seeing that affect oil. It's dropped 5%, and the commodity market might cool down a bit. So it, we're, all, we're seeing all these different dynamics where just because the Fed is going to have to, they're going to come in a bit hot, <clears throat> is this necessarily going to lead to a recession? And we just don't know at this point. We don't know. But yeah, an inverted yield, co- uh, inverted yield curve, many people do look as a main indicator that a recession is, in fact, on its way. But at this point, it's just a guessing game if that will be the end result here. The uh, Saudi Arabian energy minister said yesterday that politics are not part of uh, the Saudis' oil decisions. There's (laughs) there's no way that's true, right? (laughs) No, no. So he was on this morning on a live interview uh, with Bloomberg, United Emirates, and uh, the, the and he made a he made a very good point, or, or the, there was a very interesting question asked. It said, "Listen, if if you're holding this uh, this conflict in such high regard and worried about you know the price of oil, why was your meeting last month only like 12 minutes long, and you couldn't even get a direct answer?" So, uh, no, I, I completely d- disagree with that statement. I, I laugh at it. Their politics have been involved; they're going to be involved. You know, and that's a main reason why that, that oil, that energy, that is stripped out of your core inflation numbers because it's not strictly just supply and demand. There's so many other dynamics dynamics that go to it. All right, Jeremiah Bates. Uh, stock market is up as of right now as far as the future is concerned. We'll get an update from you in about an hour and talk to you live again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. Uh, I got some uh, instant messages that uh, have been coming in. Dallas wants to know, uh, is it the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? No. That's the TV show. Mm. He was guessing the Fresh Prince of, or the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air since, you know, Will, Will Smith was on that. But no, I, I can honestly say the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, did not have more Emmys than any other show. No. Yeah, yeah. so there, there's another hint for you this morning. Uh, by the way, we are finding out now, and I did uh, a couple more studies on this, uh, the apology that has been attributed to uh, Chris Rock apologizing for mm-hmm. making fun of Jada Pickett-Smith um, is false. Oh, good. Yeah. I, so apparently I, that I going around social media yesterday. It, it didn't sound like like him uh, that he would just completely apologize for uh, you know the joke that he told on stage. So um, he has not officially made any statement whatsoever, and the apology that was attributed to him yesterday, um, his people say, was not actually made by well, him. Who, so who uh, indicated that that he was the one that said that? Um, you know, just uh, somebody on the on the internet. I don't. It, it was posted on Twitter, it was posted on Facebook, and then signed by Chris Rock, but my guess is probably a fake Twitter page or something that somebody had put together would be my guess, yeah. but uh, his people said that he has not made any statement whatsoever as of yet. I don't know if that means that there's one coming or not, but 
the uh, apology attributed to Chris Rock. He did not apologize to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith or Will Smith yesterday. Although the one from Will Smith is actually Re- yeah an apology, and and not his first. No, first time he said anything to Chris Rock. Probably should have been the first person he apologized to. Stock market is open. 360 points to the good so far. That's after rallying late yesterday. After the stock market was down early yesterday morning, it rallied uh, basically on uh, peace talks. Optimism for Ukraine and uh, Russia, maybe putting uh, an end to their warring that is going on. Maybe uh, Russia is finally going, hey, I don't think we can win this. You saw that Ukraine took over uh, another province or a town uh, close to Kiev, retook it back from Russia again. at some point, you got to, because I personally, you had to think this too. Russia was just going to roll through there, didn't you? Well, yeah, I just assumed they would roll through everywhere, and uh, they haven't, and and I think that speaks well of Ukraine. Yeah, and also, you know, the fact that if they thought the same thing, say Putin thought the same thing, it's like, well, I don't want a protracted yeah. five year war to sit here because this isn't going to be good for us. So it, it's almost it, it's almost like Ukraine is a real country with their act together and, and military and everything. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 743, uh, President Joe Biden wants to tax billionaires more. 20% I, uh, minimum on uh, billionaires is what he wants to do. and I would, I would love to say that personally offends me, but unfortunately it doesn't. In addition to the minimum 20% in income tax under the billionaire minimum income tax bill, he also wants billionaires and millionaires to start paying money on unrealized stock gains. Yeah, that part I didn't quite get. That's ridiculous. Because here, here's the flip side of that. If you give, if you make, if you make millionaires, wherever, whoever it is, um, whether it's millionaires, billionaires, or even you and I, start paying taxes on unrealized tax gains. So your so your stock goes up. Potential profits is what yes, you're paying taxes. Not not on your actual profits, just because you don't make a profit or a loss until you actually sell a stock. But they're saying uh, if you make, you know, say say Amazon stock goes from $50 to $100, mm-hmm. that would mean you would pay income tax on that $50 gain even though you haven't sold the stock. So you would potentially have to sell stock to be able to pay taxes on money that you haven't realized as a gain. So now the, here's the flip side of this, and this is why I think this is such a ridiculous idea. If you tax people on unrealized gains, you also have to credit them back on unrealized losses. Oh, that makes sense. So if they lose $50 on that same stock, are you? is the federal government going to write them a check? No, you don't want to be right, because you don't know every year if the stock market's going right. to go up and go down. So you can't budget for that. But you can't make them pay money on one hand and then not give it back to them on the other hand if they actually lose money. That wouldn't be fair. <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna tax you whether it goes up or down. We're, <laughs> no, no one's gonna stand for that. KBOI News Time seven forty five. Let's get a final check on uh, sports for you once again this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Get in for lunch. Uh, get yourself a great sandwich, wrap, salad, and then team that up with a bowl of soup, and you got a delicious. 
delicious lunch. Don't forget, they're going to be opening a new location very soon, April 15th. Plan on getting uh, out near uh, Albertsons, near Gallon Road. Uh, They'll be opening up their second location at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Good morning. Well, on a day that's short of big sports stories, we can laugh at this one. When Tom Brady decided to retire from the NFL back in February, the seven-time Super Bowl champion was given a send-off, fitting for the greatest of all time, right? But across the sports landscape, legends were tipping their cap, and then former Buccaneers and Patriots quarterback decided he wasn't done yet and came back. One of the more notable farewells, that is, that Brady received uh, over that stretch was from longtime rival and good friend and fellow legendary quarterback Peyton Manning. A Hall of Famer told those at an event hosted by the Mint Collective on Saturday that he wrote Brady a two-page letter following his retirement and paired it with a bottle of wine to commend him on all of his accomplishments. However, with Brady deciding to unretire just weeks after that announcement, Manning jokingly said he wants those gifts back from Tom Brady. Manning said to those folks, I want the letter back. Uh, you all got to read the nice things that I said, but I want it back, and I want my bottle of wine back, too. Uh, whether or not he will get those things is yet to be seen. But again, funny considering Tom Brady is back in the NFL and Peyton Manning wants all his gifts back. <laughs> I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. That's, uh, by the way, same main number is the same number to text us. Uh, text in says, why is there so much traffic today? Uh, the reason is because we want you to listen longer to Casper and Chris here on News Talk KVOI. So we arrange it so that traffic is worse and then you have to sit in traffic longer. And uh, we appreciate you listening more. So thank you. I'd uh, really be interested in what percentage of the people listening bought that just now. <laughs> and by the way, if you're wondering, I can explain why traffic is worse today than it was last week. Uh, but if you're talking about in general, I don't know. Um, last week there was spring break, so the schools were not in session. So you had a lot of people, parents not driving to school, kids not driving to school, so a lot less yeah. traffic than uh, this week. Everybody is back now. Some health um, news for you. This is good news for those of you who love coffee. And when I say coffee, I'm talking black coffee, regular coffee, not sugary, sugary creations. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you might get from Starbucks you know, or Dutch Bros. You know why I order the size venti? Yeah. Because they don't have one called IV. <laughs> now, it seems every week there's a new study out on, on coffee, whether or not it's good for you or bad for you. A new study out of the American College of Cardiology has found that drinking two cups to three cups of coffee per day could add years, not a year, years to your life. study was comprehensive. Also, it tracked more than 400,000 people for over a decade. Researchers say they found that coffee actually lowers the risk of heart disease and dangerous heart rhythms. They say that coffee is even safe for people with cardiovascular disease because it either has a positive or a neutral effect. Even drinking more than three to six cups a day isn't bad. It just doesn't provide any additional benefit if Mm -hmm. you're drinking more than two to three cups. Once again, I want to reiterate for those of you who are rushing out and going, oh, I want to live longer. I'm going to go get my uh, coffee mocha vente with uh, espresso whipped cream and yeah. whatever else you're getting mm-hmm. at Dutch Bro and Star- Starbucks. That does, did you, that, say, did yeah. you say drizzle? Uh, yeah, no oh, drizzles okay. either. That, that, that cancels out the effect. But, mm. you know, just plain sh- coffee, regular coffee, 
could add years to your life. So if you're a coffee lover, like my wife, I don't know, do you drink black coffee very much? Uh, yeah, if I'm out of sugar and cream, I do. <laughs> Okie dokie. I kind of um, load mine up. Also, um, have you ever taken a, a woken up from a, ma- a nap and actually felt worse than when you started, even though mm-hmm. you were sleepy? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey uh, Iliff is a sleep researcher, and a, um, he explains how taking a perfect nap um, can give you years on your life also. If you take a short nap, say 20 or 30 minutes, you won't go into a deep sleep. You'll wake up feeling refreshed, however. Mm-hmm. If you go longer than that, but don't go at least 90 minutes, you're going to wake up and you're going to feel worse than if you had taken a nap. Said so you need to, if you're going to take a longer than 20 or 30 minute nap, you need to sleep over 90 minutes because you need to get the full sleep cycle. REM sleep. Yeah, you have to get into REM sleep or it doesn't do you any good. Take a listen. There's good napping and there's bad napping. When you wake up after a nap and you feel like you just got hit by a truck, it's because what has happened is you started to build what's called sleep inertia. So once you start sleeping, after you get past a certain point, your brain gets into the mode that thinks, oh, we're doing this for the next eight hours. And if you interrupt it after it's gotten past that point, it's sort of a rude awakening. That's why when you nap, you should actually nap either a very short nap, 20 or 30 minutes, or setting an alarm for a 90 minute nap. A 90 minute nap is enough time for you to go through an entire sleep cycle. Not long enough for you to build a lot of sleep inertia, but enough time for you to actually get some of the benefits of sleeping. There you go. Just some health tips for you this morning. Right. And, and it's totally true. I can't, I, I can't do a 20 minute nap listening may keep you alive um the the shortest ones i do are usually at least an hour yeah i i'm i'm like usually 90 minutes and and it's it's interesting because after about 90 minutes now i do wake up on my own so and i'm talking naps not sleeping at at night right you know for the full well, who gets eight hours <laughs> well i know i know you don't i know i don't on vacation i did get eight hours last week that's cool. while i was on vacation i was able to get Eight hours last week. So you didn't week, have so a lot of like seven a.m. Uh, act- no, activities planned. No, there was there was nothing waking me up usually at at six or seven in the morning like a, a stupid job. I mean a great, great, uh, loving, fantastic job. You, you meant what you said. Yeah. Six seventy KBOI on Alexa. First, say Alexa. Enable the six seventy KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say Alexa. Open six seventy KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Those last nine words were ad-libbed by the president last really? weekend in Poland. The East confirmed they were ad-libbed? Uh, yeah, uh, the staff confirmed that those nine words were not a part of the uh, speech. I agreed with him, though. The uh, administration didn't agree with him. <laughs> uh, this is Sen- Senator uh, Amy Klobuchar clarifying what Biden meant. The White House has clarified that he was talking about the region and that he was talking about uh, that Vladimir Putin has got to stay out of NATO country, something he specifically said uh, in his speech. Um, and then... To make things even more um, confusing, President Biden contradicted his own staff yesterday by insisting he did not regret or retract his spontaneous call 
from over the weekend from Russian President Vladimir Putin to be removed from power in response to his invasion of Ukraine. said, I'm not walking anything back, unquote. Told reporters at the White House during an unscripted question and answering uh, session yesterday after his subordinates strenuously walked back Biden's initial ad lib remarks. It was important that the president go there. Uh, he gave a, a good speech uh, at the end, uh, but as you've pointed out already, uh, uh, there was a horrendous gaffe. Uh, that was Senator Jim, Jim Risch here. Um, didn't want to play that quite yet. Mm. Um, didn't have really a, a good good weekend as far as uh, things that he had to say, and he got a little contentious yesterday um, when he was questioned about some of the things that he had had to say uh, over the weekend. One of the things during a 19-minute press conference in Belgium, Biden had said that the U.S. response to Russian troops using chemical weapons would depend on the nature of the use, then turn heads uh, when he said that the U.S. would respond in kind. Okay, interesting. So no matter what they do, we do the same back. Except you have to remember that using chemical weapons is against the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> White House National that Security is, Advisor. In fact, a war crime. Jake Sullivan told reporters aboard Air Force One that Biden's in-kind remark was not meant as a threat that the U.S. would use chemical weapons against Russia. The United States has no intention of using chemical weapons, period, under any circumstances, Sullivan said, unquote. I mean, I guess that's good to know. Yeah. So I, I think, once been... again, he, it, by making in kind, there would be a, a retribution, but the retribution would not yeah. necessarily have anything to do with uh, you know, <laughs> using our own n- chemical n- weapons. Nuclear weapons, chemical weapons, any of those things are always just uh, totally a last resort You know, to try to pull victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. Uh, Senator uh, Jim Risch um, had this to say uh, about Biden's gaffe. Now, Senator Risch, he, he appeared on uh, State of the U- uh, CNN State of the Union. Um, he thought the speech was great, with the exception of the, the, those last nine yeah. words. Take a listen. It was important that the president go there. Uh, he gave a, a good speech uh, at the end. Uh, but as you've pointed out already, uh, uh, there was a horrendous gaffe right at the end of it. I just, I wish he would stay on script. Whoever wrote that speech did a good job for him. But my gosh, I wish they would keep him on script. I think most people who don't deal in the lane of foreign relations don't realize that those nine words that he uttered uh, were, uh, would cause uh, the kind of eruption that they did. But uh, anytime you say, or even as he did suggest, uh, that uh, the policy was regime change, it's, it's going to cause a huge problem. This, this administration has done everything they can to stop escalating. There's not a whole lot more you can do to escalate than to call for regime change. So I'm, I'm confused now, too, even though the administration said he didn't say what he said. Mm-hmm. The Biden said he did say what he said. So now I don't even know what he said means what he said. <laughs> Um, I'm just I'm just utterly confused now. I, I think uh, I know what you thought I meant. You said <laughs> I think I think Biden meant to say, listen to what I I mean, not to to what I say. I I guess I I'm I, I'm putting words in his mouth now. No, he you know don't want to do that either. He has been a parent for a long time, so chances are he has said that. Probably. 
Senator Jim Risch, I'm sure we'll talk about this this afternoon. Uh, Senator will be on with uh, Nate Shelman a little bit later this afternoon. He'll be on uh, after 3 o'clock if you want to listen in there. We'll talk more about this uh, after 9 this morning. We've got Bronco Tuesday coming up here on uh, oh, about 25 minutes from right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, phone call uh, in. Bob, you want to talk about traffic this morning? Yeah. There's only three ways to go east out of Caldwell. It's Linden, Eustick, and 2026. And I don't know if it's the city of Caldwell or Highway District 4, but they've got Eustick closed, they've got Linden closed, so the only way to go is 2026. Isn't there the, somebody the freeway still to have open? Their ears twisted. Isn't the freeway still open? Yeah, if you want to go that way, but. That just makes well, that a big would... horseshoe for me. Oh, okay. I was going to say that would be a fourth way to go east if you want to. Well, it could be, but it's ridiculous for them to close all these roads and kick everybody to 2026. Somebody ought to have their ears twisted. <laughs> I was in Phoenix once, and, and we had to get to uh, Glendale. We were going to a hockey game, you know, where all the sports complexes are. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, we started out, and it turned out that the first four roads uh, we chose to take were all closed down, and they were all going the same direction. And, and somebody said that had to be a screw-up because most of the major roads all going that same direction were all closed down. So we had to, I think, uh, circumnavigate somehow and end up on that Bell Road, you know. I'm wondering if that's, you know, flat-out a mistake here in, in, in Caldwell. If all those roads are closed at the same time, did somebody not talk to somebody and say, hey, we can't be closing all these roads all on the same day? Transportation department's usually pretty thorough about that stuff. You know, cause they let you know way in advance that they're going to be working a certain number of days. And, and Although, they do. who would have thought that they would be expanding um, I-84 between Nampa and Caldwell for 20-some-plus years either? <laughs> You well, think I, eventually it would I, be done. I would think you would, and so would I, because <laughs> yeah. we're natives of Idaho. Uh, thank you for the call, Bob. Uh, appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. By the way, uh, you just did hear our keyword for the 25K payday. All right, now, I understand we're just getting underway. This is only day number two. All right, so um, you want to listen at the top of the hour to hear that keyword but keep in mind we also give you the uh, keyword here to help you out for those of you who are not paying close attention as of yet but it is underway and will be going on for the next month the keyword in case you missed it is pay p-a-y now don't text that to us we've already got people that are texting our regular number don't text us you have a special number to text it's nine five eight one nine whenever you get that keyword beginning at eight o'clock and every hour at the top of the hour until five o'clock in the afternoon Text that keyword to 95819. One person win $100 in cash every single hour, and every person that wins that cash will be entered into our grand prize drawing on May 2nd for $25,000. It's 25K payday, and it is underway. Day number two, pay. P-A-Y is the uh, word. Stick around. Coming up here next, a more winning for you on the way. A $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh-A-Latte. Great breakfast, great lunch, great dinner. 
wine, you've got mimosas, uh, and a huge, beautiful patio for this time of year. Nice salads, too. Yeah. So if you want to win, stick around. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question on the way next. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh Latte is yours. Wendy is going to get first crack at it. Wendy, if you can answer the question, you're going to win. Uh, what television show has the most Emmy wins in, uh, in history? I think it's SNL. Saturday Night Live, that's your guess? Yes. I, Saturday Night Live, that is my guess. I, I think you are exactly right. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I think you're right. Saturday Night Live has won 86 Primetime Emmy Awards, three Holy Peabody cow. Awards, five Writers Guild America Awards. Lauren Michaels, also co-creator, executive producer, has received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for his work on SNL. So congratulations, mm-hmm. Wendy. You got a $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew Laugh Latte. Thank you. I was, I was going to give a hint that um, nobody on this show has ever been slapped, but there's lots of people that have been slapped on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Uh, all right, Wendy, hang on the line. We'll get some information from you. Don't worry if you didn't win today. You still have another chance uh, to win throughout the rest of the uh, week. By the way, uh, $50 gift certificate to Deja Brew can be yours with our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. We'll do it tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Um, and speaking of Friday, I want to remind you uh, another sweet deal that if you don't get in early, you're going to miss out on because it is fantastic barbecue, award-winning barbecue. As a matter of fact, the, piss, the Pit Masters, I say that correctly. Yeah, um, have unless won you're nine talking about a different subject. Yeah. Nine championships for their uh, grilling and barbecuing, and you get to uh, realize all that good food when you go. And you can get a fifty dollars gift certificate for only twenty five bucks beginning this Friday morning at nine a.m. It's our latest sweet deal. Um, I would say the totality of our last what three sweet deals may have taken seven minutes total to yeah. sell out all three sweet deals combined. This one it's, is, it's is not, no different. It's not a concept we're having to introduce to people anymore. We just tell them, you know, to get there as quickly as possible. Yeah, we have to remind you, get there about a minute before so that you're signed in, ready to go, because it'll go quickly once again. Friday morning, set your alarm, whatever you have to do to remind it, goes on sale at 9 o'clock, KBOI.com. Stick around. When we uh, come back, Bronco Tuesday is uh, happening today. That's where we talk about the other Olympic sports going on at Boise State University um, for the first time this year. As a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about beach volleyball. All right, beach volleyball at Boise State University. Bob Beeler, have, have I ever told you that's not my least favorite sport? <laughs> Bob Beeler will be with us uh, on the way here in about ten minutes. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670-KBOI. Did you miss me last week, Bob? I did. You were in a better spot than I was. Normally, I'm in a better spot than you are. I I thought about you because I I just know how much you love baseball, and uh, we passed by uh, your favorite team's spring training stadium uh on more than one occasion and i thought oh bob i bet would be loving being here this week yeah. Yeah. it's it's spring here we got another thing uh, uh that says spring is here and that's we've got beach volleyball coming up this weekend friday 
and Saturday at Boise State. Uh, it's the home tournament that the Broncos host. And joining us is Allison Voigt, the head coach. Friday will be playing the Huskies and Ducks, and then Colorado Mesa in a rematch with the Huskies on Saturday. Allison, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about beach volleyball, where the matches take place, and you know how people want to get out there and, and, and see the uh, only chance this spring to see your team. Yeah, so we play Friday, Saturday. We play at our Boise State Beach Volleyball Complex, which is actually on Oakland Road. Um, it's between basically the intramural field and those Lincoln townhomes that's on campus. So we're very fortunate to have the courts on campus. We don't have to travel too far for practice or competition. Um, we play against some great competition throughout the year, especially the teams that we have set up for this weekend. We're really excited and can't wait to compete. And I know there's free parking at the Lincoln Garage, which is basically across the street, and I have been, and I want to give a tip. Uh, bring lawn chairs. It's more fun. It's easier. You can kind of move and sit by the courts you want to sit by. Is that still true? Exactly, yeah. So bring your lawn chair, bring a blanket. It's a nice grassy area just around the courts, and parking at Lincoln Garage is free, so you can just walk on over. And we're fortunate with the type of complex where you can actually see all three courts on like a little kind of grassy knoll hill, so you're able to kind of just set set up wherever you want to go and watch some good competition. Is 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 there a home sand advantage? I think when you have um, the facility you're used to playing on, there is a good. Uh, you're used to the kind of the elements, especially here in Boise, where we get some wind and we get some, you know, some weather compared to probably some other places that we've gone to. But I think there is for sure a home advantage especially with the energy with the crowd around us cheering for us. Now you're uh, entering the week at 11 and 8 overall. Can you tell us a little bit about your your season so far? Yeah, so we've actually had a great season. We've been playing a lot of great competition. We've been traveling quite a bit. So we started out in Arizona down and played at Grand Canyon and University of Arizona for weeks. So we actually had a training kind of camp while being there and had great competition. Um, we played some top 10 teams, top 20 teams, and we've been really improving throughout from the beginning of the year to now, and I'm excited to kind of showcase that to our crowd this weekend. We're visiting with Allison Voigt. She is in the fourth season as head coach of the Boise State Beach Volleyball team. Okay, you've played some top 10 teams. What in your sport separates teams that are, say, in the top 10 from the rest of the teams playing college beach volleyball? That's a great question. I would say a lot of maybe the difference is they have maybe more experience in the way of a lot of the top 10 teams, I would say, just have the specific weather for beach volleyball, if that makes sense. So a lot of teams uh, from Arizona, California, Florida, um, even Texas, they have like kind of the elements to their advantage of just having sun and being able to practice outside all year round. I think that's kind of an advantage for those teams. But uh, I think for us, with having all four seasons, we can kind of be prepared for more. And I'm excited to have that advantage in some ways. But I see the top ten just have a little bit more, maybe have the kids that have had, like, the experience being on the California coast a little bit more than us or um, having the beach on their side. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, you mentioned different places where they, they have the beach on their side. 
Because when you think Boise State, you, you don't immediately think Boise State is a hotbed for uh, beach volleyball. How do you recruit right. to, to come to Boise? We recruit the kids. Yeah, no, we recruit the kids that, one, see themselves um, at Boise State. So they see themselves in the academic side, but also want to basically improve the program here that we've had. Um, we want kids that kind of have that blue-collar mentality. I know that's a big thing for us that just want to work hard, and they have goals after playing college and playing in like kind of the professional setting after they're done. Um, that's kind of the kids that we're looking to recruit and the kids that are excited about being in the four season element. Cause I know a lot of people like say they're from Arizona. They want to kind of get out of that heat. So we actually get those kids that are excited about that um, kind of different weather, I guess that they're used to. Allison, is there a lot of high school beach volleyball, or when you're recruiting, do you have to look at the, the the girls that are playing, you know, inside regular volleyball and kind of see if it's going to translate to the outside game? Yeah, so beach volleyball has been the, one of the fastest growing sports in the United States. So there is high school beach volleyball now. So the state of Arizona and California have high school volleyball, which is exciting, and then. During the spring, a lot of teams have actually had clubs specifically to beach volleyball. So there's a lot of kids that are just specifically playing that sport, not playing indoor anymore. Um, We do have some kids that do both, but I think the sport where it's going is there's going to be a lot more kids that are just playing the beach game from a very early age all the way through college. We're going to be visiting with Joey Benson, one of your seniors uh, on the team. Uh, she is from Arizona, so tell us a little bit about her and what makes her one of your top players. Yeah, Joey's been with us for oh my gosh, has it been three years now? So she's a senior. Um, she's come. She came in to us after she, her first year was playing at University of New Mexico, and so she unfortunately had her program cut. So she's actually been a big not only as a, you know, an athlete, but just as a human, um, she's just being seeing this program grow and she's been a part of it. She is excited for where this program has gone since she's been here. Um, and for us, she's been a very consistent player, uh, but also she's just been a really good character kid that we've had in our program. Now the, uh, you have 15 members on the team, 12 of which are beach only players. Um, but did those beach only mm-hmm. players, do they have, indoor experience they i would say a lot of them probably started playing indoor at a young age and then found beach volleyball probably when they were in high school they made that transition over and so they've actually had a lot of beach experience now coming into college and so we've been excited to see that kind of transition just for the sport in that way and beach volleyball for people who have not seen it are two-person teams versus six that are on the court so it's kind of a different game because on the beach side, you've got to hit it every other time. Right. No, you have to basically be able to do everything. You have to pass, set, hit. And I would say it's more of a, it's more, I would say a power. Like you hit a lot of balls. You're able to power through the block where beach is very much of an outsmarting the other team kind of feel where you do have some swings, but you're actually like kind of seeing where the open court is when it's just you against another two people on the other side. And how do you decide which two play with each other? That's a good question. We usually try to find um, if they're a blocker or a defender, they, we try to get those teams matched up. Or 
teams that are able to have good chemistry on the court. So we look at personalities, what strengths they both come in with. Um, does a strength help a weakness? Those are kind of things as coaches we have to look at. Sometimes when we write it down before we get started, it looks better on paper than when you look at it at live. So we always <laughs> look at good partnerships just throughout the year. And hopefully by season, we have a good indication about who plays well together and be able to put a lineup together. Head coach Allison uh, Voigt, Boise State Beach Volleyball. Thanks for taking some time uh, with us this morning. Uh, good luck this weekend. Boise State Beach Classic, Oregon, Washington, Colorado Mesa, and Boise State. Uh, good luck to you this. Good luck to you this weekend. Thank you, thank you, and go Broncos. KBY News Time is uh, eight forty-five. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to one of the players. Joey Benson will be with us next on Bronco Tuesday. Now back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. 847, uh, Bob Beeler with us once again. It is Bronco Tuesday where we talk about the other Olympic sports at Boise State University. And this week we are talking beach volleyball. And the beach volleyball team home this weekend for the uh, Boise State Beach Classic. uh, Friday starting at 11 against Washington. Friday at 5 against Oregon. And then two matches Saturday, Colorado Mesa, and then Washington again. And we have a chance now to visit with one of the student athletes. And it is Joey Benson, a senior from Arizona. Joey, thank you for visiting with us this morning. Yeah, thank you. This is exciting. Well, it's exciting that you guys have a whole match. (laughs) I guess you guys have had 20 matches so far, and they've been in places like... Arizona and California so what's it going to feel like playing at home this weekend yeah it's uh definitely going to be different you know we're not traveling anywhere I think a lot of us get in the routine of traveling and playing at these warmer places but hopefully um it's a good turnout this weekend and the weather's nice and I think we're all really excited to play in front of our home community I asked Coach Voigt about uh, how she comes up with pairs. Who is your partner, and uh, what do you bring to the yeah. team, and what does your partner bring to the team? Yeah, so this has been an interesting year for pairs for me, honestly, because I'm usually a defender, I would say, but I'm actually blocking. Um, so we have a bunch of just versatile girls, and I'm playing with um, Amelia. She's a freshman this year. Um I think it's it's a really interesting pair. Like, we're very much just an athletic team. Like, I'm not the biggest blocker. She's not the biggest defender. So just we definitely match each other's energy, and that's, like, what we bring to the team. It's just a lot of enthusiasm, and, like, we, we definitely just have fun together, and we uh, play our hearts out every time. And I think that's one of the biggest things for us is just uh, bringing that enthousi- enthusiasm to the court. How did you uh, end up in Boise? So I played my freshman year at the University of New Mexico. And then um, I think Allison mentioned it, but my program got cut there. Um, And so I really had to recruit all over again. And I kind of found a home in Boise. Uh, I came, this is the only visit I came on. I was talking to several other schools, but um, just to put it in perspective, I came on like a super rainy weekend and it was just you know not the best weather but I still like fell in love with it found a home and um the coaches Allison really just wanted to be a part of our community and I saw a lot of potential with the program and I just wanted to help that um so yeah you mentioned uh, travel just briefly and this is going to be your only home match coming up this weekend the Boise State uh, Beach Mm -hmm. Classic with Oregon Washington and Colorado Mesa 
So when it when it comes to traveling, and and I know most times you'll you'll say people want to be at home. You guys don't have necessarily yeah. that choice. Um, but is it a little bit different when it comes to beach volleyball because the weather here is not the best for beach volleyball? Yeah. Would you rather be traveling to sunny, warm spots like Arizona and California rather than playing here? <laughs> yeah, personally, I probably would. I'm from Arizona, so it's I, I love the heat. Um, the four seasons are nice. It's a nice, different taste, but. Um, definitely in the beginning of our year, like in February, early March, we like to be in warmer spaces, you know, it kind of helps us um, acclimate to the warmer weather that we'll have here later on in the year. Um, so, yeah, definitely we like to travel. <laughs> we're, we're visiting with Joey Benson. She is good. a senior on the beach volleyball team. Joey, did you start out in high school before New Mexico recruited you initially as a beach player or were you somebody that was playing yeah. regular indoors or how, how did you get to the beach game? So I started playing beach and indoor probably around the same time in middle school. Um, one of my coaches played, one of my indoor coaches played beach volleyball, and he always took us out to the court. So I was playing both at the time. And then um, come to about high school, I started playing beach only my junior year. Um, my sophomore year was the first year that Arizona schools had beach volleyball as a um, as a program, as a sport there so that was my first taste of it and then by my junior year I was playing beach only and got recruited by um, New Mexico as a beach only player. Now you were one of uh, three current Broncos who started their careers at New Mexico New Mexico before the program yep. shut down. Um, did you guys all get together and say hey we should all go here or was <laughs> is it an individual thing and you just a coincidence that everybody ended up at Boise yeah. State? Yeah. Um, it was definitely an individual thing. I was the first one that kind of found a home here. And then Erin um, was probably the second. You know, we, we definitely, like, talked about it. Like, hey, you know, how's the program here? And I guess, you know, we, we like the same things at New Mexico, so we're going to like the same things here. So um, it was a little bit individual, but definitely we, we kind of supported each other in coming here and wanted to see um, what we could do um, as kind of a trio here. So. Yeah. Joy, for somebody that has never been that's going to come this weekend, what do they want to watch? Make make it a better experience for somebody that might have a little more of a clue after hearing you talk about what yeah. they're going to see. Yeah, I mean, definitely just it's it's so fun. So just enjoying all the games. Um, you want to look for, like, really good rallies. And, and you know, it, like, it's not like indoor where it's just, you know, just powering through um, the net and everything. It's kind of a, a more of like a – Oh, gosh, what's the word? Like, just, you know, a smart game. Like, you got to place the ball. So you want to look for smart shots and long rallies. And um, definitely bring sunscreen, too. That That's going to be key. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, just it's it's really fun. So just look for fun rallies. Um, cheer loud. Uh, Joy, before we let yeah. you go, I uh, just wanted to find out a little bit about you personally real quick. Um, what's your major uh-huh. and what do you plan to do after your senior this year? What do you plan to do in the future? So my major is kinesiology. Um, I will be taking a fifth year next year, but then after that, I'd like to go to PA school. And um, I'm not sure where that road will lead me, but we'll see. Probably to a hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Probably to a hospital or some some sort of clinic, right? (laughs) Joey Benson, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, Continued success. Good luck this weekend in the Boise State Beach Classic. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Go Broncos. KBY Newstime, 854. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on 670 KBOI. Bob Beeler with us once again. Um, All right, there's beach volleyball. Let's uh, turn uh, a little bit to uh, spring football. 
going on now at Boise State. Uh, the uh, scrimmage, April 9th, Albertson Stadium. Of course, uh, you're, you're going to be with uh, Pete Cavender. Give us a look at the 2022 Boise State football team. Um, have you been out so far to check them out? Uh, briefly. Not a whole lot. Uh, basketball just finished, and last week we had spring break, uh, but I know they've worked hard. They're about just a shade over halfway through. They practice basically three times a week and uh, spread it out over five weeks uh, because you're only allowed 15 practices in the spring. But in your limited amount yesterday, you got a chance to see him. Did you see anything exciting? Uh, you know, you just see guys out there working hard. I mean, uh, you know, they it's, you know, it, it, the one thing that, that struck me out there yesterday, there's fewer people than you think are on a football team. And then I'm thinking, why does it look like there's so few? Well, the answer is because most of the freshmen aren't in. Yeah. And the people, the seniors are gone. So when you lose, you know, eight or ten or whatever from a roster, it's amazing how yeah. much smaller it looks. And, and when you're kind of counting what positions are out there, you know, there are certain positions that maybe there's more of or less yep. of. So, um, right. you know, trying to figure out who's playing what position. Uh, I know we had one guy switch. Casey Klein was yeah. a, a backup defensive, and he's trying his uh, his luck at tight end. Yep. I noticed that was sort of a position well, change. Well, look, we'll look forward to uh, hearing all the action on uh, the spring game. You'll be calling all of it. Yep. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Speech was to talk about the unity of NATO in standing up to Russia's aggression in Ukraine and portraying this as the struggle of our time. Instead, the headline is about something that is actually not U.S. policy. So a significant problem here. But a columnist named Mike Kinsley years ago once said that a gaffe in Washington is when somebody inadvertently tells the truth. And there is little doubt that when the president ad-libbed that line, he was saying exactly what he meant. This is the uh, line that he was talking about uh, once again. Cut three. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Those last nine words are what caused some consternation, some confusion, not only uh, across the world, but also within the own <laughs> Biden administration, who had administration officials walking back. Well, he didn't mean that, yeah. you know, we wanted to get rid of Putin, you know, as a leader of his own country. Uh, we, we just mean that he shouldn't be into other countries surrounding Russia. Right. And then yesterday, Biden came out and said, no, that's what I meant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with him. I mean, it. It it may be uh, it may be an inflammatory thing to say out loud in public. However, uh, I don't disagree with it. I don't think anybody wants uh, Vladimir Putin to continue as uh, the president of Russia. The only thing, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. What might be scary is who would take over. I mean, somebody well, who's going to be the leader. And you can't <laughs> you can't worry about that because I mean, you just get rid of the next person if that's the case. <laughs> Poison him, shoot him, um, because we told you about one of his his lead advisors saying that we should send nukes. We, as in Russia, should uh, nuke the Nevada test range. He he was serious. He goes, we need to send them a signal that we're willing to use our nuclear weapons, so that he goes, they won't respond. 
We'll kill 10,000, 20,000 people, and they, they won't respond. There's no way in the world the United States wouldn't respond yeah, if, if you kill ten or 20,000 people. If that's a military advisor. That's one of his head military. That, that's what you would be afraid of is getting somebody even. And I think most people think that, you know, Putin's, you know, a little bit crazy, right? Well, you, you ideally, you want a military advisor who isn't a psychotic. Exactly. That's that's what I would be afraid of. Uh, Beth writes in Mike at KBOI.com. Good morning, guys. Uh, I now understand how Democrats felt when Trump went off. I was a big supporter, but the man could not keep his mouth, thumbs, i.e. Twitter, shut. I'm sure our liberal counterparts now understand how you can support the politics, but wake up wondering what the heck he screwed up throughout the night. Uh, I think liberals have always known that. <laughs> if you want another truth. Well, I think I, I think and to a certain extent, so have uh, conservatives. Yeah, because you can get somebody in there who just seems perfect, and all of a sudden you think, "Wow, they're not even close to perfect." You may you may like their policies, and there were a lot of people that loved Trump's policies, but there were a lot of people who said the same thing. I wish you could keep his mouth shut and basically keep his Twitter shut, because he would go on Twitter what and just that? just write whatever he was thinking at what the was time. That line from a movie. Do you ever think anything you don't say? <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't about Trump, but it was about somebody who just consistently kept talking. Um, Curtis writes in, and no, I didn't even talk about this one. He also told the eighty second Airborne that they would see the carnage when they got to Ukraine, and then again, not not exactly inaccurate, but he has told Americans that he will not be sending troops to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So when when he said this, people all of a sudden thought, "Oh, are we sending these troops to Ukraine?" And what did he mean? If you guys ever tour Ukraine, you'll, I, you'll see what went wrong. I guess he, I guess he just misspoke because once again, the administration backtracked that and said, no, we are not, you know, no plans to send it's troops like it, into Ukraine. It's like saying it's spring break. Who's going to Ukraine? Biden was asked about it uh, yesterday and said, no, I was just talking to the people that were there training in Poland. They were training Ukrainians in Poland. Although when you say you're going to see the carnage when you get to Ukraine, People training aren't going they, to Ukraine to think, see it, yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say, they, they think all of a sudden they think they're going to Ukraine. Yeah. And and that would seem logical. I think Democrats were hoping after this latest trip to Poland that they might see uh, an increase in uh, job approval ratings. I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen now. Uh, amid the uh, war going on, the uh, NBC News poll came out, and this was before Biden had gone to um, Poland for that speech last week. Um, NBC News poll found that Biden's overall job approval rating has now declined to 40%. That's the lowest level so far in his presidency. Survey found that Republicans right now enjoy a two-point lead in answering which party should control Congress ahead of November's midterm elections. Poll was conducted March 18th to the 22nd before the president's overseas trip. Um, survey also goes in erosion in Biden's approval ratings been across the board among key demographic groups, including black respondents from 64% approval in January to 62% now women, 51% approval to 40, 44% now. Ooh, that's quite a drop. Yeah. Latinos, 48% to 39%. Another big drop. And independents, 36% to 32%. GOP, uh, pollster. Uh, says that you cannot get down to low 40s in a presidential approval unless you have strained your own base. Once again, 
there's a plus and minus when it comes to uh, polls. You can either believe them or you you don't. But what you can look at polls for is a trend. And if you see a trend going one way or the other um, for a long period of time, you can you can sit there and say, you know, parts of this poll are probably correct because mm-hmm. we're seeing many polls saying the same thing and we're seeing a trending number with month every, after month after month. With every poll question, though, you know, what would they say that? Correlation and causation, not the same thing. No. In other words, just because A happened before B, A didn't cause B necessarily. But with those, uh, with those, with those questions, you always kind of want to know what is the context of the question. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no matter what the survey is, I think there's a way that you can ask the question uh, if you are rooting for one side or the other to actually make it turn out well for your side. And it is an NBC uh, news poll. You know, does NBC lean left or does NBC lean right? Well, they have MSNBC as part of their family, so I'm going to say they lean a little bit to the left. Yeah. So it's not a, necessarily a right-leaning poll, but you're exactly right. You can you can skew a poll one way or the other just mm-hmm. based on, on the type of questions that you ask. But it, you know, it's like those questions, uh, like, have you stopped beating your wife? I mean, how do you answer that? <laughs> Well, yes, yeah, so I've stopped. You, I mean, no, I never started. I, yeah, I was going to say, you better say, well, first off, I have never beat my wife, and yes, I have stopped. <laughs> I stopped before I met her. <laughs> you, you, don't listen to what I say. I'll, I'll do Biden here. Don't listen to what I say. Listen to what I meant. Here we go. All right. Does that make it a little clearer? By the way, um, just to let you know, uh, Senator Jim Risch, who uh, made an interesting uh, comment uh, about this, uh, we'll be on with Nate Shellman this afternoon. In case you missed this this morning, I mean, Jim Risch responded to Biden's gaffe. I'm going to have you listen to that. Play Cut 5 uh, right here. This is Senator Jim Risch uh, talking on CNN State of the Union. It was important that the president go there. Uh, he gave a, a good speech uh, at the end. Uh, but as you pointed out already, uh, uh, there was a horrendous gaffe right at the end of it. I just, I wish he would stay on script. Whoever wrote that speech did a good job for him. But my gosh, I wish they would keep him on script. I think most people who don't deal in the lane of foreign relations don't realize that those nine words that he uttered uh, were, uh, would cause uh, the kind of eruption that they did. But uh, anytime you say, or even as he did suggest, uh, that uh, the policy was regime change, it's, it's going to cause a huge problem. This, this administration has done everything they can to stop escalating. There's not a whole lot more you can do to escalate than to call for regime change. Oh, there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is interesting, too, because, I mean, Joe Biden has the most foreign policy experience, experience of any president we have ever had. I mean, as a senator, as a mm-hmm. vice president, he has more foreign policy. And he's even said in the past, you know, in, in talking that what the president says has meaning. And you have to be careful what you said. When he, he did it during the campaign, when he was talking about Trump, you know, it's like, you know, Trump can't just be out there saying whatever he wants to say, because when a president says something, it has meaning. Mm-hmm. He did say that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So uh, this is this is one of those situations where you may not have meant what, what goes around comes around <laughs> what you were saying, but the things that you did say have meaning, even though you say that they may not be what you exactly meant. Uh, Mitzi Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Mitzi Sheldolin with the Idaho Division of Veterans Services, and I just wanted to remind everybody that today is National Vietnam Veterans Recognition Day. 
And in Meridian, we were having a big celebration at Kleiner Park today. Starts at noon. We're going to have the 25th Army Band out there. Uh, lots of resources for Vietnam veterans. And then a ceremony that starts at 1. Um, we will have a flyover, uh, A-10 flyover. And we've even got a operational Huey helicopter flyover during the ceremony. Very cool. That was very nice of you to uh, call us and let us know that that was going on today. Well, we hope everybody can come out. Um, our keynote speaker is uh, Judith Amy, and she was a nurse during Vietnam, and uh, she lives right here in Boise. Um, just one more thing, because this will be, you know, get a lot more people out there. Is there going to be food available? Yes, as a matter of fact, um, after <laughs> after the ceremony from 2 to 4 o'clock, we're going to move into the Senior Center there in Kleiner Park, and VFW Post 4000 and American Legion Post 127 are going to have food and drinks available, and we hope everybody just sticks around and enjoys themselves. To the Vietnam veterans, and the veterans themselves have an opportunity to sit down and reminisce so yes food is available so it's definitely a worthwhile thing i mean you, you had me at veterans so that's cool <laughs> thank you thank you very much for the information thanks for sharing it much appreciated hopefully we'll uh, get a big crowd out there today the weather's going to cooperate too so thank you very much yep it sure will Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through and take part in the show, yes, we encourage you to do that. You can also email Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. Text us, that's the same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Uh, Robin writes in, Biden may have a lot of foreign policy experience, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good policy. Welcome back from vacay. Well, thank you, Robin. And my point was, I mean, you're right. You can have, you know, experience and not be good experience. Yeah. But with that much experience, you should be able to know, and he has said it in the past, as we just mentioned, that as president, your words have a lot of consequence and a lot of you- power. You've hired a lot of people in your career. I haven't. I haven't, you know, been in charge, but you have. And have you ever hired somebody and you thought to yourself, well, they're as dingy as can be, but they sure know their stuff. (laughs) Uh, No comment. Okay. (laughs) You just don't want to have to list names because I know everybody, right? (laughs) Pretty much. All right. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, you can have somebody that is, you know, super talented, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, as you mentioned, what did you say? Dingy as... Dingy as heck. Or yeah, something ding, like dingy that. As, as, as heck. Dingy as can be. Dingy as can be. Actually, dingy just says it all. Yeah, know? kind of. Um, the is, other thing... Is he a boat? No, but he's dingy. We uh, can talk about here today. Get your thoughts on uh, Idaho Governor Brad Little's veto yesterday, uh, vetoing a bill backed by uh, Senate Republicans that would block most private businesses from requiring COVID-19 vaccines for just a year, it does have a sunset clause, so it, it would start, I believe, April fifteenth, and it would end April fifteenth. Little and Avito wrote that the legislation significantly expands government overreach into the private sector. I have been consistent in stating my belief that businesses should be left to make decisions about the management of their operations mm-hmm. and employees with limited interference from the government. Unquote. If you're all for that bill, though, why would you give it a sunset clause? 
why not just make it permanent? I see, and that's that's the problem is you're you're trying to base things on the unknown. Mm-hmm. What happens even even in in a year from now? Say, I mean, I'm I'm going to give a, a what if or a for for example here, but what if say six months from now, um, a variant we've never heard of we've yet. never heard yeah. of comes out a Greek letter we didn't even know existed, and it is proven beyond a reasonable doubt or any doubt whatsoever that a vaccine works and if you take it not only are you the current vaccines for instance Mm -hmm. the reason that people have problems with it number one is that it hasn't had um, years and years and years of study have you ever noticed that when you prove something beyond a reasonable doubt 50 percent of the people don't believe it anyway (laughs) that but say say there is a hundred percent proof that you won't get the new variant it stops the new variant dead Mm -hmm. in its tracks and there, you can't mandate that you that you have it. Yeah, no, because, no personal business the, can mandate that. The, because in the past, we said regardless of how sick we get, the worst thing are the mandates, and so we're going to get rid of that. And that, so I think that's part of the reason why. Okay, only a year. Let's see what happens if we just mandate it. And maybe COVID will be gone. Maybe their hope is in one year, COVID will be um, erased from existence, yeah, and I we hope, won't have to worry about it anymore. I know how that feels. I hope that every year. Maybe they feel safer. In that, hey, if we put this mandate in and it's only a year, we can say, but we only did it for a year. It just it goes away automatically. It's not like it's not like the temporary sales mm-hmm. tax that we had that has been going on and on. This actually has a sunset clause where it would just automatically it's a, it's stop. A, it's a weird situation because I think they're acting to try to save people from what they uh, what what they uh, feel is fascism, and and yet they're sort of being a little fascist while doing it. It's an election year. I know. Uh, do you think, th- I'll ask you this question because I have my thoughts. If this was not an election year, do you think that this would have passed the legislature? <sighs> That's a really good question because uh, it, it is still Idaho after all, uh, but I'm going to say no. I don't think so either. I, I think this is a way that constituents w- who are against vaccine or have supporters that are going to vote for them who are against private businesses telling them they have to get vaccinated can go back and say look what we did we we stopped that for you now vote for me well wouldn't be the first time would it now this may not i mean there's still some work to do if they want to get past the veto i mean it, it passed by a large a large majority but it's still two shorts vote in the uh, two two vote short. votes yeah. short in the house based on passing the bill the first time now it would if everybody voted the same in the senate right now um it would pass the senate and get overridden in the senate how great would it be if every time they had a vote on something we had no idea how everyone was going to vote and they all voted Essentially, independently, because of what they thought, instead of in their instead of based on in their, their election possibility in their own head, or, yeah, yeah, or instead of just doing what somebody else suggested. Your thoughts? Um, do you want to see this vetoed? All right, this is our own independent poll, non scientific. Um, the vote will be happening on Thursday to uh, override or not in the House and the Senate. What would you like to see on vaccine mandates? Are you for vaccine mandates? 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in and being a part of the show. If you want to be an even bigger part of the show, remember you can always call us up at 208 336 pound 670 
on your Verizon Wireless. You can email uh, Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. You can also uh, text us, same as our main number. Sabrina Boise, thank you for being patient. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. I am 100% against this these mandates because I think everyone's forgetting that this is not a vaccine. This is a gene editing therapy. Okay? Okay. So comparing these to past vaccines and all of that, this is, these are not vaccines. People that have been injured by these gene editing therapies are embarrassed to talk about what's happened to them. I have people in my family that have myocarditis now. So I am absolutely 100% against them. So now, now I'm, I'm confused because the vaccine mandate mandates that no business be allowed, private business be allowed to require their employees to get vaccinated. Yes. So you're, you're against yes. that, but you also don't like the no, shot. I'm not against, I'm not against businesses not being allowed to man, not being allowed to do it. I'm against businesses or government enforcing them and saying, yes, you have to be vaccinated. All right. So you're, you're for some va- mandates, but you're not for other mandates. I'm sorry, you're totally twisting the words around. Well, I, okay, you're, I'm completely confused here. Do you know what the bill is? Well, it's so that businesses cannot mandate. This is what, maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm confused. I thought it was so businesses could not, to, to stop businesses from mandating their employees be vaccinated. Is that what it is? That This particular bill is a one-year stop so that private businesses would not be able to require their employees to be vaccinated. Right. Because yes, that so is a that's, good thing. They that's, should not be mandating these vaccines. Okay. So they're that's, not even vaccines. that's where the confusion was. So you're for that mandate, but you're against other mandates. I don't consider that a mandate to stop someone from doing a mandate. That's, that's actually but what that, it's called. That, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so there's a mandate stopping someone from mandating something. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that's is that just, what you're calling that's, this? That's, that's no, that's not what really I'm calling it. That's, that's, that's basically, basically what just, it is. That's basically just semantics anyway. So yeah. it's, the, the intent is there, though. So it's, you know, it's, it's simply the government saying, okay, we're not going to let you do this for a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if, if you run your own business, you may be opposed to that, but, you know, there won't be anything you can do about it. So, again, this comes down to... That this is a gene editing therapy. And I think people get lost when they're thinking it's just a vaccine. But literally, they're using CRISPR technology and they are changing your DNA with this alleged vaccine. It's a gene editing therapy. So, what so did it, because I've, I've been convince- vaccinated and I've been boosted, what did it do to my DNA? Because this is the first I'm hearing Well, this. it's changing it. They're using CRISPR technology, and I'll tell you what it did to your DNA. So, your DNA says they can read your DNA, and your DNA currently says, before you got vaccinated, God eternal within the body. 
okay? So with this change, this gene editing therapy, they are putting their own names in your DNA. They literally are, and they are changing it. You are patented and you are owned. And that is the truth. You know, trying to convince someone that they have been brainwashed into believing a lie is really difficult. Trying to convince oh, someone they've been me. lied to believe me, is I, easier than lying to people. Believe me, I absolutely know that. So, yes, you have changed your DNA. They use CRISPR technology. This is fact. This is not fiction. This is the truth. All right. Thank you for the call, Sabrina. Appreciate your thoughts. However, if you'd, if you'd like a, uh, My a, a list of websites that claim it's, you know, uh, not true, you can probably find that somewhere as well. My DNA doesn't feel any different. Do I look any different? Well, according to the CDC, it isn't any different. But if you, if you think everything they say to you is a lie, then I don't suppose I can convince you otherwise. Yeah, that's the problem is a lot of people think that, you know, CDC and the government is, is lying to us. I. And you can't argue. Well, you can't, I mean, you, you, you can't it's, argue. It's impossible to win an argument by saying, well, this expert believes this, because they'll come back with, well, this expert believes this. So, okay, which expert do you like? 208. Eventually, we won't need experts because you would just pick the one that agrees with you anyway. <laughs> or or you, couldn't you become your own expert? Eventually. Couldn't you? It, it, yeah, does, I, I it say, doesn't I'm, happen. I'm going to listen to me because I'm my own expert. Uh, it doesn't happen from reading one or two articles on the internet, though. 208-336-3700. Debbie, Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KVOI. I believe you're talking to me. Yes. Is your name Debbie? Okay. As I've mentioned before, you guys, you put on your little ding right over the name of the person you're speaking to. So those of us who are calling in don't hear our own name. So maybe you should adjust that just a little. (laughs) Anyway, I am calling. The last time I called, I tried to make a point And then I got spoke over the top of, and then you muted me, and then you hung up, and then I got ridiculed on air for not having sources for my information. So if it's okay, I'd like to start with the sources. It's the youth case HSA. I do believe they're a credible source, and they are the reason that I believe businesses should not be mandated in making their employees take a vaccine. So England's National Health Service? Is what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And ours also, here in our country also. As of April 1st, UK's HSA will no longer keep records on the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. And our country, I don't know where you guys keep saying St. Luke's knows what the percentage is, because our country quit taking the records something like about a year ago. Um but according to the UK's HSA, are you guys familiar with negative efficacy? Sounds familiar, but no, I haven't been t- uh, reading about that. Negative efficacy is when you take a drug to treat a problem, and for whatever reason, the problem increases rather than getting better. So instead of having a positive effect, the vaccine has a negative effect, and UK will not keep records as of April 1st because those that are being vaccinated have a 400% negative efficacy toward COVID. So COVID is just just going to keep getting worse and worse is what you're saying? 
You have heard of leaky virus, um, excuse me, leaky vaccines. You have heard of non-sterilizing vaccines because I do know that you guys require information. You're well-informed. You present facts. So you're, you're aware of leaky vaccines and what they do. You're aware of non-sterilizing vaccines and what they do. What, what, You're aware what of do, the uh, fact that our CDC stopped keeping records on who uh, is or who isn't hospitalized Debbie, hey, with Debbie, the vaccine. What do leaky vaccines yes, do? They create more of an issue rather than solving it. You Why have are they times called leaky vaccines? Because it's, do you know what, sir? <sighs> Tell you what, I'm feeling nervous on air here. And if I give my definition, it probably wouldn't be as well given as if you look it up and then you give it to your audience. But the point is, I do not want our government mandating that a business says you must get vaccinated because, as the previous caller said, whom you mocked a little. I mean, how dare you say, so you're for mandates, but you're. No, I said you you just said it yourself. You're for mandating that they don't um, get vaccinated but you're against that they uh do get max that vaccine mandates i mean you're 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 saying you're for one mandate but you're against the other which is perfectly fine but don't say i'm against mandates basically she's just saying that she's uh, uh, actually okay with the government telling us what to do as long as they're telling us to do the right thing or what she believes in or what they believe in which could be the same thing yeah uh glenn meridian good morning you're on news talk kby i had a question for what you guys were saying relative to the woman before the this last gal about the government lying to us were you guys being sarcastic or do you believe they have lied to us about numerous things involving the chinese virus no, I, I think our, our comment was that there are people who believe that the CDC, the government, um, is always lying to us about stuff. Okay. The, I mean, we've, had, we've I had people on the air before saying that they believe the CDC is, is lying to us. Do you guys believe that they've lied to us in anything relative to the Chinese virus? Couldn't even tell you. To know that they would be a lie would mean you would have to know that you're at ground zero and know you're exactly what the facts are. I I couldn't even I wouldn't even okay, pretend doc, to say. How about if Doctor Fauci tells you that he lied to you about the masks and he did it to you so that you wouldn't have a run on the masks? When they admit they lied, will you accept it? No, I we've we've talked about that before. He did lie. He said he admitted it. Okay, and you've heard that the. The numbers for the pediatrics that they gave out relative to the number of kids were false. You heard that, right? No. No. What, okay, what, what, and check what, real that, quick. what does that mean? CDC's website, and you'll find out that the facts they gave relative to the pediatric and minors were false. In what way? I mean, what did they say? They were off by 200%. High. They were giving high numbers so that people would think that it was terrible. When in reality, it's not terrible. It wasn't 200% high as they said it was. They're giving out phony information. Okay. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. You're welcome.
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. <sighs> All right, let's see if we can get this back on track. All right, I just wanted to know if you think that the veto should be overridden. That the Idaho state government should mandate short term, one year, that no private business is allowed to require their employees to get vaccinated. That, that that's I don't I don't, I don't want to know if you think the government is lying. I don't want to know if my DNA has changed. Although I think I'm starting to grow a hump. Is that you know, would, would that well, be coming from? No, I'm kidding. No, I, you were doing that. You were doing that before. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Carol Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Do you want to see uh, Governor Little's mandate that he vetoed be overridden by uh, the legislature this Thursday? I absolutely do. I want him. Ve- I want his veto taken uh, out. I want him taken out as governor. I don't like his uh, his ideas of being in charge of things much more than the Idaho constitution allows that he can just things go let things go on mandating forever and he loves that kind of power and will be much better served by janice mcgeehan if she becomes the the new governor no more mandates okay what what else has he mandated i'm just curious because where what did you say it's kind of buzzy yeah what you said that you're tired of his mandates and want his mandates to go away. What what has he mandated that you don't like? For quite what was about two years, we weren't supposed to do anything unless he allowed it to happen. That's what I'm talking about. He's he's power hungry, and just taking a, that Senate Bill 1381 Pause Act was at least a time for the legislators who were overwhelmingly for it to give us some time to think it through and say, is this really necessary, what he wants to do all the time? No, it's not, but at least we would have had a pause in that thought and that that thinking and that behavior. In the meantime, let's vote for Janice McGeehan. All right. Thank you, Carol. I I guess I I still don't know what he mandated. He hasn't mandated masks. He hasn't mandated that people get shots. Um... I think it's possible someone has their window open right now. Uh, Keith, roll up your window and talk to us. News rolled up, guys. Hey, I just want to say, yes, it should be no more mandates. That's it. This is very simple. So you want you want to see the uh, veto being overridden by the legislature on Thursday? Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. See, that's all I wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to know who to vote for. Didn't want to know if my DNA was was bad. Didn't want to know who was lying to me in the government or if they were lying mm-hmm. to me in the government. Didn't want people trying to explain to you what they know about medicine. It's a whole, yeah. <laughs> Using their doctor's degree on me. Ah, uh, good grief. Let's see, Mike has written in and says, despite most Americans supporting the policy of wide-ranging sanctions against Russia... There's been no big rally around the flag boost for Biden like other presidents have gotten. He is the opposite of the Teflon president, still getting blamed for inflation and high gas prices at home and not getting credit for his stance against Russia. One thing is clear, Biden is no 
Volodymyr Zelensky and never will be. However, his so-called gaffe that Putin cannot remain in power is a firm, spontaneous statement of his belief and the belief of most people in the democratic countries, including the United States. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I think Chris and I both agree. It's like, I don't feel like it was a gaffe. I feel like it was just something he decided to say. Well, and what, what was, uh, I'm going to have you play another cut uh, here this morning. Uh, cut six. Speech was to talk about the unity of NATO in standing up to Russia's aggression in Ukraine and portraying this as the struggle of our time. Instead, the headline is about something that is actually not U.S. policy. So a significant problem here. But a columnist named Mike Kinsley years ago once said that a gaffe in Washington is when somebody inadvertently tells the truth. And there is little doubt that when the president ad-libbed that line, he was saying exactly what he meant. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, here, here's the problem, though. Chris and I can feel that way. And it it's not going to cause mm-hmm. you know NATO we can to, we, to we, freak out. We can even call for action. Yes, if we um, want. But when the president says it, and it's against the foreign policy of your administration, and they don't know, they, then you start running it. It's like, wait a minute, what's our? That, that's not our foreign policy. What he said is not true. And then they walk that back, and then a day later, the president comes out. No, that was totally true. I meant to say what I meant to say. You just mm-hmm. took it wrong. Okay, that's that's where you start to run it. The president of the United States can't necessarily yeah. say say something like that well, without any repercussions. I, I always hate that when they go back and say, here's what uh, he really meant by that. If you can't make yourself clear the first time, then maybe you should get a different job. Thank you for the phone calls uh, and uh, emails today. Much appreciated. Um, We'll keep you up to date. Don't forget, coming up this afternoon, Nate Shelman's show, uh, Senator Jim Risch will be on the show a little bit later today. I'm sure he will be talking about what his thoughts are. Um, he is one of the ranking members of the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, he's the uh, chair of that committee. So he has a lot of say and uh, pretty much a lot of input on what our foreign affairs um policy is so he'll be talking about that i'm sure he'll talk about also what certainly uh, hope he gets it right what the president had to uh, say this past weekend too thanks for being a part of the show we'll take a 20-hour break we'll regroup take a deep breath and we'll be back again uh, tomorrow morning here on news talk kboi have yourself a fabulous day